Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. It's a taste to consider podcast. We are back for another episode. Yes, let's go. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver, and let's go. Taste sticking to the podcast. Let's go. Sick and sit the podcast. Let's go. Sick and sit podcast. Yes.
Taste to Consider Podcast. We are back for another episode. Let me officially introduce the show before I forget. (laughs) It's the Taste to Consider Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and we are back. Back for another episode. Yes, indeed. Episode 103. We're back. <laughs> Consistency. <laughs> yes, we're back for another episode. Shout out to all the Spotify listeners, Apple Podcast listeners, Google Play listeners, Amazon Music listeners, Stitcher listeners, all the streaming service listeners. Shout out to all the YouTube viewers. Shout out to... Everybody who hit me up, listen, watch the last episode, episode 102, and episode three of Taste Reviews Drink Edition. That's up on YouTube right now. Make sure you check it out if you haven't already. Um, Yeah, shout out to all the new subscribers, all the new listeners. Make sure you download subscribe like share do all them good things you know if you support the show make sure you do those things yes we're back for another episode man this show man this show almost didn't happen because i was pre-gaming a little bit too much you know today was a good day you know uh had a good work day had a great workout got my fresh cut so you know feeling myself i was feeling myself a little bit and, you know, I was down here pre-gaming and, you know, listening to the music, you know, partying by myself. <laughs> Had a couple of tastes, you know. It almost didn't happen, you know, because, you know, it was about to be a too lit too fast. Um, Yeah, so if you ain't heard that episode, too lit too fast, it took me a few hours to get that episode together going i pre-gamed a little bit too hard had to take a nap (laughs) from the many tastes that i had but i got the show done and i'll have to say we successfully haven't had a too lit too fast part two yet so yeah we doing good we doing good back for another episode yes Man, I was in a barbershop today. He's just speaking of fresh cut or whatever. Man, I swear, man. It, it's cool to be in the barbershop, and the barbershop is, is building itself back up, um, you know, because of the the quarantine, pandemic, and all that other stuff. But I swear, man, it, it's great to be in the barbershop and having the conversations and listening to the conversations and stuff, but I swear the barbershop is the worst place to get your information man the barbershop is the worst place to get your information because the information in the barbershop is all wrong (laughs) nine times out of ten it's just people up in the barbershop just talking don't know what they talking about and, and and speaking stuff and claiming it as facts and people that don't know no better believing it as facts Man, I was in a barbershop today. The dude before me, um, who was getting his cut, he going to tell my barber that 
for some reason Uncle Phil came up. Uncle Phil from um the original uh Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the actor James Avery. This Bama told my barber that James Avery, Uncle Phil, was gay and that he was in a relationship with the father from Family Matters. <laughs> and my barber believed him. And I could have said something. I could have said something, but I was like, nah, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let dude have his his moment. <laughs> and it don't even matter because I ain't got no, you know what I'm saying? I ain't I ain't got no salt in the game or nothing like that. So it don't even matter. They can believe what they want to believe. <laughs> but I'm like, dude, Uncle Phil, James Avery was not gay. He was married. Like, I mean, honestly, it ain't like that means anything. But he wasn't in a relationship with the father from Family Matters. Yes, we do know the father from Family Matters is gay. But I swear, man, the barbershop is the... is is the worst place to get information from at times. Nine times out of ten, the barbershop be giving out wrong information. <laughs> Straight up wrong information. And dude, he was dead serious when he was telling my barber this. And my barber believed it. I should have said something to him once I got in the chair and the other dude left. But I was just like, whatever. It don't even matter. <laughs> Man, I swear, I be in the barbershop all the time. And... It just be dudes in that joint just giving out wrong information. And the shit pisses me off. But, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> yes, we are back for another episode. This is episode 103. Taste to Consider podcast. So I'm going to start off with a clip. Let me pull this joint up. I'm going to get right into it because it's 7.30 right now and I'm hungry. I'm ready to eat this around. This this my eating time. You know what I'm saying? This is my dinner time. So I'm, I'm, I need to hurry this episode up so I can eat. But I ain't going to sell y'all short. Definitely not going to sell y'all short. So uh, let me pull up the first clip. Uh, I should have had it ready, but yeah. Here we go right here. Here we go. Now, this clip right here is from um, Shahrazad Ali. I probably messed her name up. I always mess her name up because I played clips of her before on the podcast. But um, this clip right here, she's talking about the goal um, is to keep the black man and the black woman apart. So let me play the clip. The entire civilization is built on keeping the black man and the black woman apart. When I first came out doing the Black Man's Guide back in 1990, people was fighting with me. They was having protests. It was like that thing you saw on that with Kavanaugh. People be outside pushing their shoving and getting the through. It was awful, okay? These were black women, that's what I'm saying. Everywhere I went, it was going on. And they was having town hall meetings about me, the whole thing. They had t-shirts. Right, all this stuff, and the band Ali, I got one, I see. But at any rate, this went on for about six months, and then it took a curve. The women and the men started listening to me. The women and the men start coming to the meetings together and talking and trying to get things worked out. 
That's when they took me off television. Because the enemy is not gonna let nobody put the black man and the black woman back together under no circumstance. That was a clip from Shahrazad Ali. I think I got the name right. <laughs> That's <laughs> but yeah. I played this clip because the next clip, the next two clips I'm gonna play, I've been I've had for a minute. And I was trying to I was I was waiting, trying to figure out the right time when I was going to play these clips, because it's something that I've been something that's been out there for a while, um, as you will see when I play these two clips. But I was just trying to, you know, what I'm saying find the right time to actually play it, to, to get everything together. You know, a, a lot of the shows that I do, I try to have themes to them and. I, it just wasn't the right time, but now is the right time. So, remember that clip that I just played from Shahrazad Ali, and now I'm gonna get into the next, the next two clips. Is is what's gonna be important? Is the reason why I played this one? I came across this first, this first clip I'm about to play right here. I came across this one a while ago on, on Twitter, and it was it wasn't surprising. Um, but I felt as though that it need to be played and talked about. So let me get to this one. Let me here you go right here. Be a mom before I be a wife. Really, Ooh, that is very interesting. Why? I just rather cater to a child than my husband. Than a husband, and when you're a wife, <laughs> you don't need to get married. No, no but when you you just think when you're a wife, you're a hey, wife, yeah. you're a mom. You, you still have to find time to be yourself, and I'd rather just find time to be a mom and just be myself as of right now. Okay. And well, I get it. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm not, that's, on it's just I'd rather be a mom right now. So that's a very interesting point of view. Yeah. No, I get it. I don't know how this dude is saying that he get it. Like you're not a woman, you're not a mother, but yeah, whatever. Let me finish playing the clip. <laughs> take I respect yeah, the take a lot. I'm not gonna hold you. I think a lot of women have but for that me point because of view, I. But, they don't but really for say me, it. I have a very big support system, like family wise, and I've just like been through situations and know women that have done certain things purposely, where they're a mom, like basically like they went to a sperm bank. You know, they did everything, oh, wow. and they're just purposely moms. So like that's where I'm at right now. I'll be a mom before I be a wife. I can never sit here and, and and speak from a woman's perspective and say I get it and all that other stuff. But I find it is it's difficult for me to respect this take and to be on board with it when I see how the black community has been for decades how you can call me a conspiracy theorist or whatever you want to call me but i know how the system plays its role in dividing the black man and the black woman the black woman and the nuclear quote unquote nuclear family and you don't see this in no other community or no other quote-unquote community or culture, but our culture or our quote-unquote community, that this is acceptable, that this is the norm, or this is something that is acceptable. And this ain't something that just ain't... This clip was from August 7th, but this ain't something that is new. 
like the next clip I'm going to play, I've actually played this one before in like a past episode. I don't remember which episode it was, but this is something that has been throughout our community for decades. And I've talked about it before outside of the clips. But I'm going to play this next clip and you're going to see the mentality of black women that this is something that has been a, been around for, for a minute. Like the next clip was 40 years ago. 40 years ago. So let me pull this clip up. Let me start from the beginning because it's like a minute long clip. But let me get this one together. Raise your hand if you're married. None of you are married. Raise your Let me get the, um, since you can't see the video, it's a group of black women sitting in the room. It's probably like 10, 10 or so black women. And it's a white dude interviewing them. They're in a lot. The setting is they're in the library. And if you would like to be married to your baby's father. One. <laughs> Only one raised their hand when he asked that question. Why don't you plan to get married? I'd like to know that. You, you already have your child to think about and then a, a whole family to care, to care for. You know, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. And then you don't want the commitments. I wouldn't want no man holding me down because I, I think I can make it as a single parent. But don't you think you might need help in raising that baby from a man? Like, even the white dude is confused in this. Like, the follow-up question that he asks, he's confused in this. Because from his point of view, from his his mentality, his his perspective, from how he grew up and how he's seen his his quote-unquote community, that, that ain't acceptable. That's not the norm of things. Really? I didn't have a father. My father wasn't in the home, so, you know, it, it really, male figures are not substantially important in the family. Male figures aren't important in the family. That's what she said. And the other women in the room were nodding their heads, agreeing with her. Like, you can put the blame on, on who you want to put it on, the black man, the black woman, whoever. Like, I'm of the mindset, and I've said this plenty of times before, shit ain't always just black and white. There's a gray area to things. But where I'm coming from is both sides need to be working together. But we always piggyback on the last episode. I posted it on my Instagram page, one of the uh, clips from last episode on how in our quote-unquote community, our quote-unquote culture, everybody is in a situation where they're trying to one-up each other or they're trying to get the advantage over each other. It's like a competition. It's only solely based on what's right and what's wrong. Just because you seem this or your good, good girlfriends or your aunties or your moms or your boys and all this other stuff say whatever they say based off of their experiences, they projected it onto you and you following suit. That ain't, you know what I'm saying? That ain't the right way to go about things. But 
in our community, that seems to be the norm, and we just accept it. We just look at it as I'm going to be the strongest person in this this situation, and I'm going to take care of business. Like, it's masculinity on the feminine side rejecting the masculinity on the masculine side, but then you also got femininity on the masculine side that is not trying to step up and assert themselves on the feminine side. So this next clip right here is coming from Ebony K. Williams. And if y'all don't remember, if y'all aren't regular listeners, Ebony K. Williams was the woman who I previously played clips of and responded to and gave my thoughts about when she was talking about she wouldn't marry or date a bus driver when she was having that conversation with Ayanna Van Zandt. So I want you to see, like, when I'm playing these clips, I want you to see, like, the mentality that is consistent with a lot of black women. I'm not saying all black women. Let me preface that. I'm saying a lot of black women from my experience, from my experience. So let me pull that clip up. <laughs> let me pull that clip. Let me let me find it. I got, y'all know I got I'll be working with so many different tabs in my phone, text message, pictures, video clips, Instagram, Twitter, all that. So here we go. Availing ourselves to all of the options that are. Let me start the clip over because when I pulled the the Twitter up, it it started playing on mute. So let me start it from Black the beginning. Black women are availing ourselves to all of the options that our hard work and circumstances currently afford us, and that means that single motherhood by choice is going to be an option by that choice. more and more Black women consider. And even exercise because black women that have the privilege to embark upon this expensive and oftentimes. See, a lot of black women out here think just because they make a certain amount of money that that is the reason the the best the best option, the best reason for them to be a single parent. And one of the things that. I've discovered is that a lot of people think just because you use the term single mom or single dad that that totally eliminates the other party and that doesn't and that's why I say this it is always a it's always a problem when using certain words and terms and stuff wrongly in the wrong term in the wrong context because it paints a picture and it put it projects a, a a narrative out there to people who aren't very emotionally intelligent, emotionally mature or intelligent and mature as a whole, that they won't understand that these words and terms mean a different thing than what is actually being pushed through that narrative. process 
will increasingly decide to forego marriages and partnerships that do not serve us. And I'm not saying that just because you had a kid with somebody that you have to marry them. But you can still be partners, partners with raising that child. Partnerships, relationships is a fluid term. It's not concrete. It's a fluid term. But one of the things that is not talked about enough is how it's a lot of women and men out here that lack accountability with the bad choices that they make when they lay down and sleep with somebody and have a child with them. And that are not in our best interests. Black women are no longer subject. How is to it not in your best interest to have both parties involved in your child's life? It doesn't make sense, but this is the norm for our quote-unquote community, our quote-unquote culture. Being chose, because now we get to do the choosing. What does choosing and being chose have to do with that child? You're making it personal, and a lot of black women make it personal, as well as black men. A lot of black men out here make it personal because they can't have the total access to that woman and still run the streets and then you have the black women out here that feel as though they can't have that disney or fairy tale relationship or partnership that they have to make the man suffer but in actuality both black man and black woman are making that black child suffer because of their emotional immaturity or just their immaturity as a whole. She's attempting to ruin women again. She's trying to be the second Oprah. Women already been choosing single motherhood. I guess that talk about black men was, was a lie. Right. And just from what he's saying, from the last clip I just played, the first clip, with that group of black women, that was 40 years ago. This ain't nothing new. This is not nothing new. But, of course, we get social media is, is out here now and things are being heightened. You know what I'm saying? These, these negative, toxic, bad takes, perspectives, narratives, and stuff are being pushed out there even more that is being sold as something that's being new. But this has been in our community for years, for decades. Burp number one, two, three, four, and five. <laughs> so we got to stop. The issue is like with this social media area, everybody is looking to be this genius, this philosopher, this, this, this person who gives these great takes and you know what I'm saying they they want to get all this accolades for giving these this great commentary and all this other stuff but nothing is new around the sun it's just painted in a different picture based off of people's different experiences and perspectives I guess you were actually insulting men before 
Black women are availing ourselves to all of the options that are hard work and circumstances. Like, is we got to stop this competition shit. We're too focused on being in competition with each other. Like, it's literally like my barber said today, like we, we was just having a random conversation. It's too many women out here trying to be the man in these situations. It's too much, too many women out here with masculine energy. Too many. It doesn't work. It doesn't work when it's too many women out here with this masculine ass energy and you got an actual masculine man and y'all going back and forth. It's like two silverback gorillas fighting against each other. It doesn't make sense. But that was Ebony K. Williams. And this is this is what I be talking about with the what I was talking about on the last episode when I referenced uh influencer and the black ther- black male therapist Care Gaines um comment and post and stuff about how there aren't more black men out here talking about black male experiences and focusing on um giving women quote unquote unsolicited advice. There's plenty of black men out here speaking on their experiences, but they don't have the popularity. And That popularity is based off of the shit being toxic. Niggas ain't trying to hear no positive stuff coming from a black male. No, they want to hear that ratchet shit. They want to have ratchet ass conversations, ghetto ass conversations, hood ass conversations. And then when you actually have somebody who's in these positions that got a following and popularity and stuff, and they actually speak in positive stuff, they'll deviate from that message, that positive message at times, to pander to the negative narrative. This next clip I'm going to play is from a black woman therapist named Sunny Borden um, on Instagram. She is, her name is uh, the people's therapist, I believe. And she's explaining how parental wounds impact, impact black men in relationships. And last episode, I talked about how the mother's relationship with both male and female children is so important and how that impacts them more than the male relationship but they both hear me when I say this they both have an impact on both children both male and female children so let me pull that clip up I always say nine times out of 10, the first person who broke your man's heart was his mother. And the first person who broke your woman's heart was her father. And you need to talk to them about that. Mm. Sometimes it's both parents. So sometimes it's both parents. And that's what I said on last episode when I talked about this. It's both parents have an impact. Do I feel the mother wound is much more important? Yes, I do, because there's a different type of connection 
with the mother based on how the child enters the world. They're both important, but I feel as though the mother is, is most important. If you're getting triggered by that, then I don't know what to say. One minute, you have people celebrating the fact that the woman is more important when it comes to childbirth. But then when you putting certain things out there, then it's a problem. So it's like a contradiction. Like I'm going to say, both parents are important. Their impact is both important. But I feel the, the, the mother's impact is much more important because of the deeper connection with the child. Man has not had a very healthy or loving and positive relationship with his mother. He could be on either end of a spectrum where he's seeking out a woman who's a nurturer and gives him what he didn't have growing up. Or he could be seeking out somebody who doesn't have any nurturing skills and they're not meeting any of his needs at all. Mm-hmm. And he has to be able to sit with himself and say, hey, what's going on? Why, why do I like this woman so much? I identify and resonate with what she said because my mother wasn't a nurturer. My mother wasn't affectionate. She wasn't loving. I've talked about this plenty of times. I wrote about it plenty of times on my blog, greatestiamblog.com. And I don't feel there is no or with the spectrum. I feel there is a and. I feel that with a black man who didn't have a nurturing mother, an affectionate mother, a loving, mo- a openly loving mother, that you're going to deal with both sides of the, the spectrum. Because I have dealt with both sides of this spectrum. I've been in therapy for 10 plus years, and I've talked about both sides of this spectrum, dealing with women throughout my life. Like, that is a thing. Like, there isn't no or. There is an and. I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm speaking from my experiences. There isn't no or. There is a and. You will, as a black man, being in that situation, you will deal with the and. You will deal with both sides of the spectrum. You will push the woman away that you're seeking to gravitate to the woman that you didn't want. Like, there is a thing that... There is a and. <laughs> there ain't no or. There is a and. There is an and. It's, it, it's simple as that from my point of view. And I'm not going to deviate from that. <laughs> oh, man. So I came across this, this post on Instagram that kind of speaks to uh, men and their childhood and um the timeline of uh their repressed emotions so let me pull this up let me pull the post up because it's like a couple of um slides to the post uh here we go uh where is that here we go right here it says many men are repressed since childhood and are later demonized for what they were, weren't taught. Let me read that again. Many men are repressed since childhood and are later demonized for what they weren't taught. Here's a timeline of typical male development impediment. Boys in utero 
are more vulnerable to maternal stress, depression than girls. This increases the cortisol levels, and by 12 months, they are more sensitive to negative stimuli. This, neg this negatively impacts right brain development that is responsible for emotions, empathy, and intuition. A secure attachment to his parents could help offset the results of increased cortisol. But parents tend to let boys cry longer because of an underdeveloped right brain. They are less equipped to self-soothe than girls. This additional stress and inattentiveness is detrimental. And we all should understand this where you see uh young uh baby boys or toddler boys and stuff crying and stuff like that and you telling them to suck it up and you don't want to give them no type of affection or soothe them and stuff like that because they're a boy like this is embedded in us particularly in the black community by three months boys smile and make less eye contact by 12 months they display more intense reactions to stress. Studies show that facial expressions in girls that mimic fear are perceived as anger in boys. Let me read that sentence again. Studies show that facial expressions in girls that mimic fear are perceived as anger in boys. I talked about on this podcast plenty of times how the only emotions that Black men understand our anger. That, that is just the clear cut first number one emotion that they un that we understand is anger. And I've talked about how when I was going to a black woman therapist and how she gave me a list, a whole list. It was two sides to this paper. One was negative emotions and one was positive emotions. And I had to have this paper with me at all times, particularly when I was in my counseling sessions where she would ask me how I was feeling. And I would have to look at this list and go down this list and actually look at these all these emotions. It was a full list, both sides, negative and positive emotions and tell her what I was feeling. Not what I was thinking, what I was feeling, because there would be times where I would say what I was thinking and she would be like, no, now what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Boys start life more vulnerable, equally emotionally intelligent as girls, more prone to stress and exposed to less amounts of loving touch and attention than girls. Anger and aggression. Those are the two emotions that I always talk about that only black men know anger and aggression anger and aggression is not looked at as an inability to regulate emotions or cope it's just boys being boys i'm gonna read that again anger and aggression is not looked at as an inability to regulate emotions or cope it's just boys being boys i told you I got all the way up to my 20s. I was in my 20s. And that was still the only thing that I was displaying emotionally. Anger and aggression. I didn't start going to therapy until I was 30 years old. I'm 41 right now. 
About to be 42 in November. That's all I knew. Anger and aggression. Anger and aggression. Anger and aggression. That's why I was always getting into fights. That's why I was always, you know what I'm saying, starting something. Or, you know, it was just, I was out of control. I was out of control. So society demonizes men for not being sensitive enough, not being emotionally intelligent, not asking for help when needed, and for being aggressive. One of the things uh, me and my barber was talking about today, well, actually one of the things that he mentioned was the fact that with women, they can go from femininity to masculinity with no problem. It's It's actually accepted to a degree. That women can go from femininity to masculinity, but men can't do that. Men can't go from masculinity to femininity because then they'll be talked about, laughed at, chastised, called names and stuff like that. We got to stay masculine at all times. But it's okay for women to go from femininity to masculinity. They can they can. You know what I'm saying? Jump the lines, cross the lines. But men can't. It's not accepted in society. It's not accepted in the black community. It's not accepted in the quote-unquote black culture. None of which are addressed with the same level of concern as we have always given girls at any point in their whole life. See what I'm saying? None of which are addressed with the same level of concern as we have always given girls at any point in their whole life. The sad reality is they have learned no healthy coping skills in which many resort to pornography, sex, gambling, and alcohol drug abuse. Think about all the black males that you know throughout your life and think about some of the vices that they had you know some of the coping thing coping mechanisms that they had in their life whether you know i'm saying if you knew what they were because we are very um good at hiding those things you know um just like some of the this, the s- things that were said in this post, you know, some things are just boys being boys or men being men. It's acceptable for a man to have a drink every night. It's acceptable for a man to smoke a J every day. It's acceptable for a man to be horny every day. It's acceptable for a man to run the streets every day. You know what I'm saying? It's these things that are looked at as acceptable or the norm aren't really normal. They're coping mechanisms. They are unhealthy coping mechanisms. So I'm going to read that sentence again. The sad reality is they have learned no healthy coping skills in which many resort to pornography, sex, gambling, alcohol, and drug abuse. This results in crippling insecurities and high suicide rates. September is Suicide Prevention Month. 
September is Suicide Prevention Month. Men need purpose, belonging, acceptance, support, and a need to know that they are important in the collective. Men, your impulsiveness, reactivity, and recklessness is a sign of your pain and hurt. You're repressing. You're repressing your emotions. You don't really know what your emotions are. You don't know how to express those emotions. So you're being reckless. You're being reckless. That's why so many young dudes out here in their teens doing drugs, robbing people, killing people, et cetera, et cetera, because it's all, they're, all they know is anger and aggression. They don't know no other thing. Like, Boys in the Hood was, what, not in 91, 92? And you see how that movie went. Minister Society, you see how that movie went. All, if you look at the characters, all of them were angry and aggressive. Back to the post. It's upsetting to experience such emotions stemming from birth and society not intervening and making a shift to change and heal them. Men, your life matter. Your presence is needed. Your wisdom is desired. And this post comes from Kiana Walton. She's a mental health. Um, she's a, uh, says a certified holistic wellness life coach, a therapist, and um, she's on Instagram. Her her handle on Instagram is Kiana Ashley, K E I A N A A S H. L E Y, Kiana Ashley, and she got some. She got some good posts on here, and and is is not one sided. It's for men and women. So, um, but a lot of the posts that I've seen from her since I started following her has has been, um, for men. So yeah, I mean, this ain't this ain't nothing that is just. And that's why I say we too caught up into the black and white shit. Everything ain't black and white. Everything ain't black and white. Like, the gray area is much more larger than the black and white. Much more larger. And there's a reason for the way that people are acting, male and female. But people don't want to get down to it. People don't want to work on themselves. People don't want to go through any type of healing. People don't want to reckon. People don't even recognize it. You know what I'm saying? Because of how our society is particularly our quote-unquote black community and our quote-unquote black culture a lot of things that are toxic negative are deemed as normal and anything outside of that is corny you soft you're a sucker you ain't cool whatever whatever gaslighting when a person Chronic gaslighting when a person refuses to accept any level of accountability for what they do. They try to make you believe that certain things didn't happen. They try to make you believe that things are your fault. They will not um, own up to anything. And that can be very problematic in a relationship. 
And when that happens, we try to seek the validation from the gaslighter. No, this really happened, right? Say it really happened. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they won't validate you because they don't, they don't want to be seen as a certain type of person or a person capable of a certain behavior. And what you can do for yourself is believe yourself. Know that what happened is real. And this person who did it may not say, okay, yes, I'm guilty. That's really hard for us because we want that validation from the person who harmed us. And usually that validation starts from our parents or whoever raised us. Like we've been chronically gaslighted starting from a young age and we don't know it or recognize it then. But then when we start having relationships with other people, friendships, romantic relationships, work relationships, whatever relationships you want to call them, partnerships, whatever, then it becomes much more realer. But we can't really solve it or heal from it or identify it because we don't know where it started from or we don't want to recognize where it started from. It's easier to blame somebody else as opposed to actually looking at it like, you know what I'm saying, this is what I need to work on. Or, okay, this person did this. So these are the things that I don't like. So do I need to remove myself from it and all this other stuff? But then there's a lot of people out here that we deal with and even ourselves at times that don't want to be seen as the bad person. We don't want to be seen as the bad guy or anything like it's it's this. I I hate using those cliche terms, so I ain't even going to use it. But it's people out here that just don't want to be seen as being the bad person or that they're they don't want to accept the fact that they're capable of doing something wrong or something that will make a person feel bad or hurt their feelings and stuff like that. There are people out here that are so caught up into their victimhood from what they've experienced in their life that they don't want to be, they don't believe themselves to have, to be capable of doing the same thing that has been done to them to somebody else. So they will gaslight you. And that's not to say that that person is, is, is bad, but their mentality or their victimhood makes them not want to see beyond anything other than that victimhood. But there are some people out here that just will straight gaslight you because they know they can get over you and just, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Hi guys, let me say one thing right off the bat. I don't necessarily like adding the prefix toxic to an idea as broad as masculinity or femininity. But for far too long, our culture has been echoing with the chance of patriarchy and 
toxic masculinity. And if I were to play the same exact game, I think there's more behavior in modern society that can definitely be regarded as toxic femininity. While ideologies like feminism have been fixated on tearing men down, they've created a new class of women with behaviors just as toxic as the ones that they're so hell-bent on eradicating. It's a fun fact. The term toxic masculinity was created in the 80s by a psychologist. See, ain't shit new around the sun. Ain't shit new around the sun. <laughs> ain't shit new around the sun. Ain't shit new around the sun professor named Shepard Bliss. He created a men's movement called the Mythopoetic Men's Movement, where he conducted workshops, retreats, therapy, etc. for men to counteract societal pressures and indoctrinated beliefs men had. His ultimate goal was to create better, healthier men. However, feminists took the phrase and then began attributing actual masculine traits such as dominance, stoicism, masculinity, and competitiveness as toxic masculinity. That's gaslighting right there, right there. Now, I've talked about this plenty of times before, how the feminist movement is betraying and lying to black women. But they don't want to say it because they feel empowered by it. They feel empowered by a movement that really doesn't include them or cares about them. They're just using them. And by using them and black women following behind it is killing the our actual community so now the term is at an all-time high here's the deal despite the strides that feminism has claimed to have made in the female empowerment movement there's still a halo effect that surrounds women as being innocent oppressed or victimized a lot of which have stemmed from feminism itself a lot of the behaviors we call toxic femininity are the result of women leveraging this societal right. image to their advantage feminism promised women <laughs> equal rights but left them halfway without giving them the responsibilities to accompany right. this created a batch of entitled women that ridicule men and their sacrifices while dismissing the massive responsibilities they shoulder this disconnect is exactly what lies at the core of toxic femininity imagine for a second telling a generation of women that they are being oppressed and that the masculine patriarchy is what's holding them back and this didn't this ain't in the feminist movement like that when she talked about the toxic masculinity being started in the 80s or whatever. But that feminist shit started way before that. Like, right after the civil rights movement and stuff, when the uh, welfare and all that shit came out and all that other stuff. And the white women, the white, and this will always be my take when it comes to the feminist movement. I got to sit up for this. <laughs> And I've said this plenty of times on this podcast before. White women started that feminist movement not because of the white men that they were married to. They started it because black men having more power or more, um, not even power, more, um, what's, the, what's the word I want to use? More um, opportunities than they did. White women was chilling, relaxing, being they they love being housewives, you know. But once black men, black families started moving in their communities, that's when white women had a problem. 
That's why I will always say white women are the most dangerous people on this planet. It ain't the white men. White men, even while they're racist, they can coexist with black men because all they care about is getting business done. But white women had a problem with black men having more opportunities than they had. So that's where the feminist movement started from, in my point of view. My point of view. White women saw these black men, these black families moving in their communities. Then they had a problem with it. White women was running to, the, to their husbands and made their husbands have a problem with it. And then that's when a lot of the this trouble started. That's when the feminism, feminism movement really amped up. That's when they, they felt as though that they needed to have a voice. Because they didn't want no white, they didn't want no black men having more opportunities than them, and they didn't want no black women being on the same level as them, as being housewives and living the dream of not having to work. Can very quickly expect them to turn bitter against the very men that's holding up society, and that's exactly what happened. Toxic femininity is the result of turning genders against each other in an angry game of vendettas. A woman today knows she can completely ruin a man's life simply by opening up her mouth and spitting out an accusation. <laughs> the downside of a society that's geared towards believing all women is that it gives women a certain level of power, and like any other group with power, it's inevitable that some of its members will use it for bad. This is the current state of our society. Women know how easy it is to get male attention. You know, there was a study done in the UK, I believe it was in 2014, and then it was done again in 2019. It revealed that over 50% of women have a backup plan while still in committed relationships. This means that they have a plan B in case their current relationship fails. Options. It's all about options. And social media heightened that shit. Social media heightened it, heightened this this thought this this thought and this 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 um false feeling or false emotion of there being multiple options out here for women but it, it it's just like it's, it's funny because like i look at these situations and it's like white women be having black women all caught up into this feminism and shit and leaving them hanging White women staying with their husbands, staying with their families, but got got us all fucked up, all fucked up. Got black women, you know what I'm saying? Just, just, yeah. <laughs> women initiate seventy percent of the divorces in America. When it comes to and when she say women, like she ain't talking about just white women. She's talking about black women. Black women are have the highest divorce rate in the country damn near the world 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 i'm looking at the camera right now <laughs> college educated women this number jumps up to 90 yes and, and that speaks is, to black women, women hurdles in letting fathers see and bond with their own children when when people make these videos we gotta start being more specific she ain't talking about just women women She's talking about black women. Trust me. She's talking about black women. The statistics are easily out there for you to see. College educated black women are the highest group, uh, have the highest divorce rates 
in the country and world. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. <laughs> a lot of whom they're paying child support on, all because a lot of them are still bitter from the man moving on with another woman or the man not wanting them anymore. Yes, this is it's emotional immaturity in our community, our so-called community, and our so-called culture. There's a lot of emotional immaturity and immaturity as a whole, male and female. Male and female. So I don't want to hear no shit about that I'm I'm talking just one-sided. It's both. What toxic femininity looks like. Women like this in relationships use their toxic femininity as a weapon to manipulate men. They usually do this through shaming a man, making him feel inferior, or constantly threatening him with divorce and custody because they know that the law is usually softer on them. So yes. they lean on that. All of these are just derivations of a woman's femininity taken to a twisted extreme and used to their advantage. You know, honestly, I feel like nothing is a bigger example of toxic femininity than the entire ideology of toxic masculinity yes. itself the reason why i say that is because it's a phrase that has chipped away at men's security by deriding them of their masculine qualities and dismissing their vital roles in society one minute you want a man to provide and protect but then the next minute is patriarchy and all this other stuff and blah 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 this and blah 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 that so what is it that you really want like are you actually speaking from your own point of view your own perspective or are you following a narrative in our community our community the black community the black culture we are fucking followers we are more followers than we are leaders we follow trends we follow narratives, we follow emotions, we follow sides, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. It is what it is. Honestly, it's time we either stop using the term toxic for men or started using it across the board. Across the we board. We a society where people are chanting for rights without responsibility or accountability that accompanies it. We're constantly pitting groups against one another. Yes. And one of those groups happens to be men and women. In a world yes. like this, you better expect toxicity on both sides because to pretend that only men are capable of it is the epitome of toxicity itself. So to the next video. And that's what kills me about this. Like, you'll see a lot of black women talk about patriarchy, patriarchy, all this of black men benefiting from patriarchy. But it is so many black women out here that is in, in this masculine, using this masculine energy, and they're benefiting benefiting more much more from patriarchy than the black men are because y'all got damn near higher salaries than we do y'all got more degrees than we do etc etc but more black men are in jail and ain't got no degrees and ain't shit and all that other stuff <laughs> like it doesn't make sense like and that's why i say our community, our culture, we followers. We just be following narratives. We just be talking shit. We just always want to talk shit because we so caught up into our emotions. We so fucking emotionally immature. So immature. And that clip is from Olivia Alexa. 
and I played clips of her before. That's her name on uh, Instagram, uh, Olivia Alexa. So on to the next clip. Actually, more about the outward reflection of that Valentine's behavior. Like you've done that now on Valentine's. I'm happy because everybody knows that I received flowers on Valentine's Day. But That's actually, it. was I really happy nah. as like an individual? Was it genuine or not? Because it's it's not that's not genuine, really, is it? Yeah. And I think that I've been under the pressure, thinking, man, I need a bit more gestures, you know, like, mm. so I can show people really? that I'm getting gestures. I didn't know that. I've, I felt that in my head, and I realized that is a very toxic thought because. Actually, I'm getting so many gestures all the time in life that no one's ever going to see. Like, I don't have to wake up early in the morning because you wake up early and you help out with the kids every single day for the last like six years. Well, not every single day, but, but like, no, like no. that's a gesture that means that I get to have my lion and like it's I and I need that. That's what I get all the time. Or the other things you do, like taking care of the car insurance and filling up my tank with petrol. I I do not go to the petrol station. I haven't been to the petrol station in five five years. Putting the flat packs together. Putting the flat packs together. All this stuff that I'm like, I'm not aware of, but you're mm. doing it all the time. And it's obvious that this woman is British. She's a black woman. And the caption says, Patricia was able to recognize the toxicity in her thoughts and self-correct. She realized the small gesture gestures her man gave daily were more meaningful than grand gestures for social media to see. And what do I always talk about? There's there's so many people out here that want to be in attentionships. They ain't trying to be in no relationship or no partnership. They want to be in attentionships. They only fucking care about what they can show on social media. And I've tweeted this before and I got challenged on this. Which boggled my mind. And I don't remember the tweet verbatim. But what I what I basically said was that social media has killed relationships. And what I was meaning behind that was was this this total clip right here. That a man can sit here and do just just give out all types of gestures, loving gestures. But because it's not extravagant or it's not what somebody else is doing or displaying in their highlight reel, in their couple highlight reel, that is not significant, that is not important, that is not loving. And this clip proves exactly what I've been saying. And this is what I be. I'm not going to make this personal. I'm not going to make this personal because I want to be like I want to out. I want to say, so I guess I am going to make it personal. I want to say, and this is why it pisses me off that I see all this toxic shit with these podcasts and these pages and stuff being out here talking that dumbass shit, that negative shit and stuff like that. But I be talking that real shit and people not sharing my shit, people not posting my shit and all that other stuff. But yeah. I mean, I just had to say it. I was feeling it in the moment, so I had to say it. But for real, like, this is what I'm talking about. Social media has killed relationships. The small things, the little things in relationships. That, that, that was pretty much the tweet. Not verbatim, but pretty much the tweet was saying, I say, um, social media has killed the little things in relationships. That was pr That's probably like 95% verbatim of what I tweeted. And I was getting challenged on that. But I, I know I'm right. 
I know I'm right because this proves it right here. People are so caught up into being in attention ships. It ain't they don't even care about the person they're in. Excuse me. They don't even care about the person they're in their relationship with. They just excuse me. Burp number six, seven. They only care about what they can show, what they can prove and make them feel better or stimulate them from somebody else. Like I even said it on uh, episode, the 100 episode with the fellas when I was talking about how people aren't in a relationship with the actual person that they're dating. They're in a relationship with their fucking followers. They only care about what their followers think, not actually what the person that they're dating is doing or displaying. so much time pointing at my husband pointing out the things that i wish he would change nagging at him for the things that he wasn't i spent so many years doing that that i could have actually spent working on myself if i would have been truthful and realized that i was the common denominator of my failed relationships it's me me judge yeah me i'm the problem girl you're gonna get in this marriage and the enemy will try to deceive you like that man is the problem it's you to be honest with y'all i don't think that i became a good wife until i got to the lowest moment of like looking at myself and saying you're not a good wife it wasn't until then that i got up and i was like okay now that i faced myself i can see what i'm working with and i can grow but as i was continuing to ignore and act delusional like he was the only one with issues i kept falling in this tunnel and so a lot of us are running from ourselves and so ready to blame our husbands and he don't do this baby when you go to heaven god ain't gonna ask you what that man did he's gonna talk to you <laughs> about you if i focus right. on myself i go on my individual healing journey mm. i will see why i am the way that i am and how i can get better but not to arrive in this marriage life here's the prize i'm here here's your lovely wife no girl you are angry codependent you don't know how to serve mm. you don't know how to just shut up let's mm. get real you're the problem and I, I referenced this last episode when i was talking about how it's, it's both it's both sides. We're so caught up into trying to control everything that we won't allow each other to walk our path or live our path, experience our own paths while we're coming together, communicate, compromise, and all that other stuff, and see where it leads us. There's always this finger pointing. We all that's and that's where that black and white shit comes from. We always trying to point the finger at each other as opposed to just dealing with whatever we got to deal with and seeing how that blossoms seeing how that relates to us seeing how that continues or not continues the the relationship or partnership and moving along we're so caught up into pointing fingers and I I will not sit here and act like I haven't been a victim of it. I've been a person who when I was first starting out my therapy and stuff, I was pointing the fingers like, you know what I'm saying? I'm in therapy. I'm doing this and all that other stuff. You ain't doing this and or and feeling that way, saying that those type of things and stuff like that. But then I had to take a step back. But that didn't come until I actually started 
in like the middle stages or later stages of my therapy where I understood that it's just going to be what it is. You know what I'm saying? All you have to focus on is yourself, your healing or whatever. And that will take care of everything else. Once you start healing, people are going to start falling. Some might not start falling. Some people might start seeing you as an example. And and taking that as an inspiration to start their own healing journey. But that's not for you to dictate. All you supposed to be concerned about is your journey. And once I actually understood that and started focusing on, on that, I don't care who's leaving me. I don't care who ain't doing what. I'm going to continue doing me. So you can leave. You can have mixed emotions, mixed feelings or whatever. I don't care. I'm still going to be walking. I'm still going to be doing what I got to do. Because ultimately, I know that my journey is going to put me in the place that I need to be. The healthiest place. So this next clip I'm going to play is from um, the black woman therapist, Sunny Borden, who uh, on Instagram is the people's therapist. I played a clip of her a couple of clips ago, but this is from the same interview that she did. And I thought this was important for black men. So it says black therapist, Sunny Borden, explains one of the biggest issues men face. So here we go. It's two clips. It's two parts. So bear with me. Bear with the, you know, the the skips or the pauses. I think that most times men are moving so much that they have 50, 11 tabs open in their head. Mm -hmm. And they don't have enough time to sit and process anything. Mm -hmm. They're going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Mm -hmm. They're not processing any of their thoughts or their emotions, so they're not thinking about their behaviors and how they're all interrelated. Mm -hmm. I think if they sat still more, then they would be able to be more mindful mm. about what they need and who they are. Mm. Then they could accept that, and then they could feel comfortable identifying. I need my girlfriend to be on me, right? I need that. I ain't gonna lie. That's I, one thing I listen, need. Listen. Be on me. My man says, I need you to sweat me a little bit sometimes. Sweat me all the and time. I, I would, all the time. And I'll be like, all right, I got you. Mm -hmm. So I think that if men sit still more, they would be able to have the mental clarity to start to process some of the thoughts and the emotions that they have that therefore inter, inter influence their behaviors. Then they could say, okay, this is what I need. I need my woman to do this for me. I need her to do this. This is what I need. This is a negotiable, but these are my non-negotiables. And then if you really think about it and you think about the context of your relationship. And, and just based off of those small clips, and she's absolutely right. Um, as black men, we're so caught up into the what society says we need to do, what our quote-unquote community and culture says we need to do, provide and protect, provide and protect, hustle, hustle, hustle this, 
hustle this way, hustle that way, get that money, get that money. I got to be a, a, a rap star. I got to be a celebrity and all this other stuff that we don't know anything about ourselves. We're following a societal norm or community norm or cultural norm of trying to be this way and not knowing who we are over this way (laughs) you know and this is something that I really had to learn because all I knew before I was going to therapy I had to I had to have this type of job I had to have I had to make this type of money I had to drive this type of car I had to have these type of clothes uh, I had to have these type of shoes etc etc but when I started going to therapy I started understanding hey I'm more than this bullshit this bullshit is just an accessory you know, um, I'm all and when it comes down to it, I'm already been doing it. I already got a good job. I got a car. I got my own home that I, I, I am a homeowner. You know, I got clothes. I got soap. I got deodorant. I got food in the refrigerator. I got dishes. I got, you know, <laughs> What what more do I need? And why isn't that enough? Why isn't that acceptable? Why do I have to be, why do I have to f- have flashing lights on me at all times? Or why do I have to have, I got two gold chains on. Why do I have to have a hundred gold chains on, rings, watches? Why I got to have this type of car? I'm already doing it. I'm already successful. I'm already I'm already living a good life. I got money in the bank. I got money in my checking account. I got money in my savings account. I got, you know what I'm saying? I really don't have any want. No wants. You know what I'm saying? Is is there things I could need? Sure. But I have everything that I could want. You know, I'm I'm more than surviving. You know, we think because in our community or our culture, because we not live in this ex- extravagant, extravagant life or this grandioso life that we aren't living, that we aren't successful, that we aren't enough, <laughs> like we aren't worthy. Like, man, I've been in my house, my townhouse for over 10 years Got a, still got a good job, still got a car, got clothes. I mean, I got, I mean, I, I, I really don't have to want for anything. I don't have to ask nobody to borrow no money or anything like that. Like I can buy almost anything that I want. But we feel as though in our community, our culture, because we can't buy this designer label or these these designer shoes or these this this designer jewelry or we can't take all these vacations all the time and stuff like that that we aren't living life as bullshit it is bullshit and i hate that i had to put myself through this based off of other people's thoughts other people's 
thoughts of me. Like, come on, now. Like, I don't need I don't need to go on a vacation every three months or every week and all that other stuff to feel as though that I'm living. I don't need to b- go shopping and all the damn time and buy all these clothes and stuff to feel like I'm already living. I'm already living. I'm already living. But this is, you know, this is this is how this is more placed upon men than it is women in my point of view for the simple fact that even outside of the the women the men have to provide the women with this or he ain't shit or he broke etc etc like come on now is <laughs> this is is asinine like it's insanity that we put ourselves through this men we are much more than this bullshit we are much more than this bullshit All right, I got a post that I'm going to read through. It's a couple of slides, and this from uh, this from my uh, my social media friend, uh, the black therapist on social media. He's a black male therapist out in New York. Real cool dude. He's been on um, a lot of shows and you know news programs. He does a lot of great work out here. Um, black therapist. Um, Aaron Muller. Um, I'm gonna pull up the post and and go through the slides of this particular post, and it says five ways men can foster healthy relationships. First one: communication. Practice active listening and open communication with your loved ones. Express your feelings honestly and encourage them to do the same. Two, empathy. Put yourself in the other person's situation to understand their feelings. This helps to build mutual understanding. Three, quality time. Spend quality time with family and friends. Building healthy time together strengthens relationships. Four, boundaries. Establish healthy boundaries to maintain individual well-being and respect in the relationship. Five, share values. Connect through shared values and interests. Engaging in activities that align with your beliefs can deepen bonds. And once again, this is Aaron Muller on Instagram. His handle is the black underscore therapist. Great follow. Make sure you follow him. Check him out. He's a real cool dude. Um, and he's been doing a lot of great work out here. Um, so shout out to him. I appreciate him definitely. And this, once again, was five ways men can foster healthy relationships. So black men out there, um, follow him. And even black women, follow him. Or, you know what I'm saying, refer your black man to him. Um, Yeah, so... Moving along, uh, let me see where I'm at. It says, I came across this other post, and this comes from one of the previous therapists that I um, referenced, uh, Kiana Ashley. Uh, so let me pull up this this actual post right here. And 
It says, what men really want is a woman that can communicate her feelings and needs without attacking him. Men are actually really good listeners. This is how you communicate with them more effectively. Be mindful of your tone, even when upset. Many men have had mothers, girlfriends, and other toxic women in their lives verbally demean them. When they hear the tone that sounds anything like it, they shut down. They're simply put into defense mode to protect themselves. And I'm going to speak personally to this one. Um, my relationship with my mother growing up and stuff like that, the tone, the way that, you know, she, she spoke to me, communicated with me and stuff like that. It was very harsh and, and stuff like that. So I've had, I've have experienced it in my romantic relationships and it was very triggering and it would absolutely make me shut down, not care, not give a fuck, argue with you, um, take take the shit that i've felt with my mother out on that person so this this actual portion of the post is is very real consider the timing of expressing your feelings and thoughts men battle with a lot internally yes we do because we hold a lot internally because we don't feel that we have a lot of safe spaces and if we do have a partner a woman that we're in a romantic relationship with, a lot of times we still don't feel safe because we have either have experienced previously in a previous relationship or in that actual relationship that we're in that that stuff gets thrown in our face. They may not be, back to the post, they may not be in the headspace to catch what you're trying to throw at them. Check in first to see how they are and if needed, Revisit the convo later. Make it clear if you want a solution or venting session to avoid misinterpretation. And that's actually something that I had to learn um, being in romantic relationships because men, we're, we're wired to always be fixers or, you know, try to protect or provide those dumbass keywords. So, we often at times need to be told or, you know, just some type of courtesy. You know, I just, babe, you know what I'm saying? Just the woman speaking. Babe, I just want to, you know, um, I just want to vent right now. You know, I don't need you to give me any type of advice or anything like that. I just want you to hear me. And that's cool. But that just is an extension of better communication so back to the post it says men naturally want to fix our problems but we may just need an ear let him know beforehand that you just need him to listen or communicate that you're looking for his guidance if you need more and that's the post right there and i and i agree with everything that was in that post but i thought it was important to to bring that up you know um just in the context of the whole episode and you know what's been talking about so far so i got one more clip and um with this clip i was i I planned on going into the blackity black woke segment but i but i feel as though that i'm just going to end it off at, at this clip right here and you know um and just call it an episode i feel this episode has been going good but i will have something to say after this clip <laughs> from some feedback that I've been getting. So, yeah, here we go. 
Black men, we will say, um, we don't feel like we can be on our authentic selves because then we get attacked. So I can't show weakness because I don't want to be a mark. I can't show um, sadness because I'm supposed to be able to handle everything for everybody else. I can't show a level of anxiety and too much stress because then the people around me are going to get stressed out and then what they going to do. Um, but what's, what's crazy for us is we can't even show good stuff. There are black men in here that, that know I can't be too happy because this fool going to think I'm goofy. Yeah. I can't show that I'm in love because then they going to think I'm crazy I'm, and somebody going to take me. I can't be overly excited because I got to act like I've been there before. So when you're suppressing both negative feelings and positive feelings, we have actually said that to be a black man, you got to be stoic and humanless. And then we get mad when the world treats us inhumanely. And so this is not about us changing the narrative about who black men are. Black men who know black men know that black men are not that. <laughs> we have to give ourselves permission to be it. And yeah, and that's 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 simple as that. We and I talked about it early when I was talking about my barber and how like black women they can go from masculine they can go from feminine to masculinity, but black men can't go from masculinity to femininity and femininity being showing any type of emotions and stuff like that and and even in our in our like um in our in our group our black men excuse me our black men groups and spaces and stuff we can't show a lot of excitement or pride and and at and self-adoration for our self and our goals and our accomplishments and stuff like that because it would be like we boasting or we being arrogant and stuff like that like this is the mentality that's been wired in our brain or whatever we always got to be on some some um nonchalant type like he said stoic type stuff you know what i'm saying everything we got to be cool and calm and collective 24 7 in all situations even when we dealing with with women whether we dating them or we in an actual romantic relationship or partnership with them we always got to be cool and collective we can't show too much um love attention and affection because then we'll be soft or or simp or something like that and then we can't be too nonchalant because then we don't care and and all this other stuff. So it's like we always in a no-win situation because of how the quote-unquote black community and the quote-unquote black culture has laid out this narrative and this ideal of what a black man is supposed to be. You know, I'm, I'm proud of my podcast, you know. Um, do I want certain things from the podcast do i want it to be bigger do i struggle from time to time or you know all this other stuff but ultimately i want to be like man i i'm the best i'm one of the best potters out here like i'm a pod star you know do i have the popularity that i want and need to build a platform and start putting out better messages than that bullshit that's out here now no i don't but i feel as though that i'm doing my thing but then I got to be worried because I don't want to look as though that I'm too arrogant and all this other stuff. Like, even before I came out, 
back in 2017 and start sharing the fact that I struggled with um, my, with mental illness, that I was struggling with depression and anxiety and stuff like that, people thought I was perfect. Even when I came out, people thought I was fucking lying. People still didn't believe it. Like, it's still to this day some people still don't believe. They see because I I'm li- I got the life that I got and I'm living the way that I'm living and stuff that this shit ain't true. And I even have to remind myself and congratulate myself and, and big myself up for being in the place that I am now, even while dealing with the shit that I was dealing with, with depression and anxiety and stuff like that. But... I'm going to end the show off here, but I do want to say this last thing. And I've already said this before on, I think, episode 101, but I'm going to say it again so I can clip it and put this shit on Instagram. All right. So this is me saying it again because this has been some of the feedback that I've gotten from some women. Am I going to have women on the show? Yes, I will have women on the show. I've had women on the show before. But ultimately, it has to make sense. When I say it has to make sense, these women have to have platforms. And ultimately, I would love for these women to be in spaces, in the mental health spaces, so they can give a perspective of how they see things from their point of view with dealing with men on the mental health aspect do it does it ultimately have to be a mental health professional no it doesn't like if the woman has a a large platform and you know she's speaking to a lot of the things when it comes to relationships with men and women cool but what i won't do i will not sit here and debate with a woman especially I'm not going to debate with a woman that I'm not in a romantic relationship with. I do not want no women on my platform that's just coming on my platform just to argue and go back and forth. I don't debate. Like I always say, a lot of people don't understand what debating is. Debating comes down to facts. A lot of content creators and stuff like that don't produce facts they produce opinions and experiences am i open to conversations i'm open to all conversations but i will not go back and forth with no woman about men and women stuff or relationships i won't do it am i open to conversations sure i'm open to all conversations but it has to make sense i'm not just gonna have no random woman on my show just to be going back and forth if it makes sense that you know i'm saying we communicate before um we record and all that other stuff and the conversation makes sense and we have chemistry and all that other stuff then yeah we can do it but i'm not gonna be having some random ass conversations and like i said if I'm not in no romantic relationship with you, I ain't going to be going no back and forth <laughs> shit with you. That's not going to happen. So right there, that is my take on having women on the show. The pre- I've previously had two women on the show. One of them was a, a therapist, and she specialized in sexual um, therapy. 
and we talked about intimacy and uh, men and intimacy. And the second woman that I had on the show, she's a life coach and spiritual coach and stuff like that. And we talked about a lot of mental health stuff and we talked about random stuff, too. So, yeah, I'm all open for that. But it has to make sense and it has to be relevant to my platform. Just because I be throwing out clips out there every now and then about relationship stuff don't mean that that's what my pod and my platform is about. My platform is solely about everyday things. Like I talk about, you know, political stuff. I talk about relationship stuff. I talk about mental health, all that other stuff. But ultimately, everything is going to be centered around mental health. So that's it. (laughs) I'm your host, Derek Silva. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and I'm out. I'm on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, YouTube. Episode four of Taste Reviews Drink Edition will be coming this upcoming week. Make sure y'all enjoy y'all three-day weekend, holiday weekend, Labor Day, all that good stuff, and I'm out.